is by having a drink because that's about the only way you can tolerate it. Uh, we have some really cool stories for you guys uh, coming out today. Most of them have to do with the new relief bill that was just passed this evening in the Senate. Uh, this is a landmark bill uh, that will forever change many things in this country. Uh, so just right off the top, we have this new story from NBC News that Congress passes massive COVID relief bill to provide direct aid to struggling Americans. That's going to be an important title to come back to later. Uh, but along the way, Let's read some of the news from NBC. Here's what it says. It says both parties hammered out a deal that includes many of their top priorities. For Democrats, that includes an extension of the eviction moratorium and targeted funding for underrepresented groups like Native American and minority communities. House Republicans, meanwhile, pointed to limits put in place on benefits for undocumented immigrants and food stamp payments as wins. The legislation does not include hundreds of billions of dollars for states and localities for Medicare or relief for teachers and first responders who have come under financial distress during the pandemic. Now, now hang on. I thought these were the most vulnerable people in our communities. Uh, last I heard, these were the people who were suffering the most because we were exposing them the most by you know, putting them in school with sniveling children and in hospitals with diseased uh, people constantly exposing them. Um, but these people are left completely out of the bill, according to NBC News. Um, it says Republicans pushed for liability protection from COVID-19-related lawsuits. This is getting back to the story from NBC. Uh, protection for COVID-19-related lawsuits for business Businesses, universities, and healthcare centers, but that also was left out. So you can continue to sue uh, your place of work, the university you attend, or the doctor that you might visit in case you came in contact with COVID because apparently that's their fault, not just Trump's. Um, so that could be fun. So anyway, this was this was the one that was that was the most interesting though. This is this is where uh, Chuck Schumer actually steps in and, and has something to say. Here's what it says. It says Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer the Democrat from New York, criticized Republicans on the Senate floor earlier Monday ahead of the vote, saying more pandemic-related aid is needed. And here's what he said. He says, This bill cannot and will not be the final word upon congressional relief from the coronavirus pandemic. He said, This is an emergency survival package, and when we come back in January, our number one job will be to fill the gaps left by the bill and get the economy moving with strong federal input. Uh, before I break that down, I'm, I'm really going to have to take a sip. Uh, this sip is brought to you uh, today by Nine Banded. It is a weeded bourbon out of Austin, Texas. It's quite delicious. I would encourage you to take a sip uh, on, on the rocks. Ah. Now, that's the only way I can endure this particular knucklehead, because what he says is that the bill uh, won't be the final word on relief. Um, yeah, and that this is an uh, this is this is the phrasing that just really got me. That this is an emergency survival package, right? So I mean, like, so if if you heard somebody say that, you might think to yourself, okay, so this is going to be the the bare bones of what people need to survive like this is this is going to cover things like food water 
shelter, uh, medicine, you know, th- things that people actually need to go about their daily lives. Those that have, you know, been without work for uh, potentially nine months at this point, people that have are struggling to even get out of their house because they live in a state that's in constant quarantine lockdown. Um, but he said, this is an emergency survival package. And when we come back in January, our number one job will be to fill the gaps left by the bill and get the economy moving with strong federal input. So a couple of problems here is one, like it it seems as if the economy is moving along just fine. And, And that's not to say that people aren't you know, without jobs and struggling and all these kinds of things. But, you know, you, you look at the, the, the numbers, uh, coming out right now. I mean, it really looks like the economy is humming along. It really looks like businesses have pivoted and, and figured out that like, you know, there's a way to operate and navigate this, uh, throughout the adversity of the pandemic. So moving along and connecting that with, another story so this this is this is why this is so important when you hear somebody like chuck schumer say something like this is an emergency relief bill okay so uh, over on fox news they cited uh, uh, a couple of different people on twitter pointing out that the the bill itself actually allocates somewhere between 15 and 10 million for gender programs in pakistan now, I don't know what gender programs in Pakistan have to do with emergency relief for Americans. Uh, but my initial analysis on that would be nothing. Absolutely nothing. It has nothing to do with anything here in the States. And, and so this, this is why uh, emergencies are politicians' playground, because they know that they can take care of their little soft projects that have been lurking in the shadows that they can finally, you know, get payoff on these programs that they've been trying to get into place. And and so you you think about that. Each American in this bill is supposed to receive $600. Each American, and let's be more specific, each American that makes under $75,000 a year, and if you're a married couple, if you're making less than $150,000 a year, meaning that if you're single and you make less than $75,000 a year, you're going to get a $600 check. If you're married and you and your significant other make less than $150,000 combined, you're going to get a $1,200 check, and you're going to get an additional $600 check for each dependent living in your house under the age of 25. So if you had two kids and the two of you, and you made less than $150,000, you're going to get a check from the government for $2,400. Yet we're going to be spending at minimum $10 million in Pakistan for gender programs. I didn't realize they had a gender problem in Pakistan. Did you? and, And if it did, what the hell does it have to do with COVID? I mean, like, has COVID somehow randomly switched people's realization of their own gender? What what could possibly be the problem that's going to cost the American taxpayer ten million dollars in order to, you know, we need to we need to really turn this ship, right? Because the the Pakistanis just don't understand gender. What the hell? So, and and, and that's just one of them. The, the let, let let's move on to another one. Here's one that was interesting. 
and I'm trying to remember where this, uh, okay, so this is actually from Variety Magazine, um, talking about the, the arts, um, so and this this actually goes into the omnibus omnibus bill, which is intended to keep the uh, they, they passed simultaneously in order to keep the government operating, which you know whoop de do. Uh, but anyway, here's what it says: It says the omnibus bill, which is intended to provide funding to keep the government operating, also includes this is important the Protecting Lawful Streaming Act. All right, and we're gonna we're gonna get into what that is, but part of this this whole. Uh, stimulus package was uh, providing funding to the arts and, and in particular the public arts and and so what they're trying to do is is pump some extra money uh, back into uh, libraries museums uh, publicly funded things like that but also theater place uh, spaces and concert venues all right because these these have obviously been hit very very hard by the coronavirus pandemic all right but but here's here's something really interesting that 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 happened in and amidst all the other things that were going on with this bill. It says the omnibus bill, which is intended to provide funding to keep the government operating also includes the protecting lawful streaming act. The measure from Senator Tom Tillis makes it a felony to operate a digital transmission service that primarily offers illegal streams of copyrighted content. Such conduct, such conduct is already a misdemeanor, and the act brings the penalty in line with those for illegal downloads and trafficking in pirated physical media. The Motion Picture Association and its offshoot, the Alliance for Creativity and Entertainment, have been pursuing operators of pirate streaming sites in civil court, sometimes obtaining substantial judgments in order to shut down, but now they will have greater leverage to involve the FBI and federal prosecutors in such cases. The measure marks the most significant significant advance for copyright holders since the failure nine years ago to stop online piracy act which ran into backlash from the tech community in the years since the major tech companies have lost some of their clout on capitol hill amid hot button controversies over perceived censorship and disinformation so this act that was actually brought to the table under obama was squashed uh, meaning that all these people who generated this content were trying to get an injunction from the United States government to say, like, look, you have entities out there that are stealing our intellectual property and putting it up on their site and actually getting income by streaming what we've created. And uh, the tech companies, meaning Google, Facebook, Twitter, companies like that, basically stepped in the gap and said, no, 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 no. You know, the, the internet is is the Wild West and you can't control it and it's not your place to step in and, and monitor these kinds of things. Well, they have since said... Well, it wasn't the U.S. government's job to do that. It's actually our job to do that. We're gonna, we're actually going to step in and we're going to censor and we're going to, you know, prevent content from being uh, exposed. And it, which is why you're seeing such a huge backlash over this Hunter Biden scandal that there's actually a federal investigation on this guy because these companies actually squashed the story. They prevented that story from being spread in an election time so that people, you know, potentially couldn't make as an informed decision as they might have been able to. I'm not saying it would have changed the outcome of the election, but it was information that was prevented from being put out for people to consume. So these tech companies have for a long time had the freedom and the power to say like, I'm going to, or we are going to decide what information is pertinent, what information is helpful, and we will make sure that you see that information. So this, uh, this particular 
part of the omnibus bill ought to scare the ever-living bejesus out of these tech companies because what it's going to allow the government to do is actually create a section of federal crimes uh, for people who are doing these sort of illegal streams because up until now uh, these companies have you know sort of been in a shadowy way protecting them and preventing the government you know aside from these these companies pursuing them in civil court which sometimes is impossible because they're actually not doing business in the United States people are able to you know uh, get to these sites that are being hosted outside of the US which you know obviously doesn't fall into their jurisdiction and, and so now you're able to engage the FBI into these investigations and actually bring federal charges uh, against some of these guys so, so so some people out there who are running sites like these are going to have to you know really weigh the uh, the pros and cons here a little bit more because the, the, the government is saying like look we're tired of the tech companies uh, playing loose and fast with a uh, American intellectual property, and so now we've actually given some teeth uh, to come and go. This is actually something I think was actually pretty good, but it wasn't part of the COVID release bill. It was actually part of the omnibus bill to uh, keep the government funded, uh, but it's all interconnected with the way in which they're going uh, to be providing money, much like the Pakistani gender funding. Um, they're providing funding for many, many other things. Uh, let's see if I can pull up here. We had a list of them. Alrighty. Yeah, here we go. Uh, we also have Climate Security Advisory Council that's being created, uh, or at least laying the groundwork for it to be created. Um, let's see. Yeah, here we go. Um, $700 million to the Sudan. Uh, $300 million for fisheries and then $600 to some Americans. Yeah, so this, this, this just goes to point out that, like, you know, again, tragedy and pandemics are politicians' playground. It's, it's just ridiculous the way... And because what everybody's paying attention to is how much money they're getting. They're, they're not interested in the, in the, the other things that, that sort of circulate around this. And the problem is, is like these, these bills are so long that they're passing them before anyone has a chance to even read them. I mean, um, everyone talks about the inefficiency of the government, which is, is absolutely true. Uh, but it, it took them three days to put this together, get a vote, and get it passed. And, and so when they tell you, like, no, 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 we need to wait, we need to wait, like, they don't need to wait. They want to wait. There's a reason they're waiting. We don't always know the reason, but there's a reason that they're waiting. It's because it's it's usually because it's politically expedient for them. And, and so they're not going to pass it. And so here's an opportunity for them to to get their toys in the toy box before anyone has a chance to see. And so they passed it. It's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. So in, in other news, cultural news, you know, the, the, the big news story uh, in, in that regard. Well, and, and actually, let me use that as an opportunity to talk about so, someone actually asked me earlier today, what, what do you think about the, the government uh, sending so much money to the arts? Because in, in this stimulus bill, they're absolutely pouring a ton of money into the arts. And, and, and that, that comes in many different ways. And a lot of it you would look at and go, oh, okay, that, that's, a, that's probably an area. Like when, when, when you think about like museums, right? When, when you think about those sort of 
public education areas that that people tend to usually utilize on a regular basis, either you know when they're out of school or for school field trips, that those things have not been able to be utilized and have not uh, been visited as much because people are concerned. They don't want to go to a museum and, and potentially expose themselves to COVID. Um, and, and so, you know, obviously those those places that usually rely on ticket sales and, and visitor donations and things like that to maintain uh, those facilities just hasn't happened this year. And so, the, the, you know, the, the federal government wants to say, like, look, we want to provide you with some funding in order to keep these things around. So, you know, once we work our way through this this nastiness, they'll be they'll be available to the public again. And I'm genuinely in favor of that. The problem is, is when it starts to extend to other things that we fall under the umbrella of the arts. When you start talking about things like movie theaters and and movie uh, production companies, you know that in this bill, um, typically they review the tax breaks for movie production companies every year. They went ahead and extended those tax breaks, which basically means that those those movie productions don't have to pay the taxes for the production of their films. Uh, they extended that for the next five years. And this is actually something that states use on a pretty regular basis to uh, entice production companies to come to their states and, and produce their movies there. Well, it, it seems as if, at least according to what I've read on, on, this, on this bill, is that that's just not going to be a factor for the next five years at least, that these, these production companies are going to continue to get uh, federal tax breaks on all of their productions. And, and someone asked me earlier today what, what I thought about that. And, and my initial response was to say, I, I'm, I'm honestly opposed. I don't think this is a good idea. I, I think the, the knock on the chin that the arts has taken because of COVID is actually one of the best things that could have happened. Uh, if, if you if you think that anything good can come from COVID, I actually think this is, you know, had, had the government not intervened, I think that this is one of the best things that could have happened is is for the uh, the Hollywood elites to take a knock on the chin. And, and, and you saw this, I think it was last week where, you know, George Clooney came out and he was like, look, we need to make sure and get stimulus money for these movie theaters. Well, that sounds fine when you're like you're you know pushing for Joey the popcorn maker to get some money, but the problem is is the reason he wants that to happen is where Hollywood makes most of their money is off theater fees. Those theaters pay massive fees in order to get those films into their theater and in front of people, and you know it, so the less theaters are open, the less Hollywood is making, the less you know goons like Clooney are making off their films. And, and so as you start to see some of these media companies move to more streaming services, the margin on, the, on those films is a lot smaller. Um, but the production companies are saying, like, look, we can actually get our film into more people's hands and in front of more people's eyes, so we could potentially make more money. And I think companies like Disney are really showing that that has a strong future, which is one of the reasons I'm, I'm in favor of these, you know, Hollywood elites taking it on the chin. Uh, because, you know, even though... You know, Disney is technically an elite. They pivoted. They, they made a massive pivot. They made a massive bet, and the bet is paying off. You know, despite the fact that all their parks have been shut down, their one shining light in all of this is that their streaming service has been incredibly profitable for them. Um, and and so they seem to be pouring a lot of resources into that. And that's really where I I I, I kind of think that this is a good thing. Here's why. 
you know, as, as some of these companies fall by the wayside, it's going to allow the more talented to actually bubble to the surface because those who are more creative, those actually that have talent, the internet is going to allow them the opportunity to expose themselves and show the public what they're actually capable of. If you're a good guitar player, you could, you know, potentially have a YouTube channel, you know, that doesn't actually cost you anything other than your, your cell phone and your guitar or, you know, whatever it is, but like it's going to allow actual artists to have a more, you know, equitable opportunity to garner fans. Whereas a lot of these phonies have massive production companies and contracts and studios behind them pushing their garbage. That's actually not any good. Like they, they've stopped creating art a long time ago and they have teams of people that are making it for them. And they're, you know, doing research as to what the people actually want to hear and, and all these, this kind of nonsense rather than actually letting artists create art. And, and so I, I think we could potentially be in store for a, a renaissance among American art in which we actually allow uh, lesser known artists to the forefront for the opportunity to be heard, to be seen, to be listened to, uh, to be enjoyed. Um, and, you know, as a, as a consumer of that, you now have a, a much bigger palette of, of people and, and art to choose from because it's, it's more readily available. And, and, you know, you're going to have to, as an artist, figure out ways other than, you know, getting that gig at the big concert hall or, you know, getting that, you know, that showing at the, at the art studio or wh- whatever it is, you know, getting the part in the play. Well, you know, now maybe you've got to get together with some friends and, and, you know, in a safe way, create a uh, production for, for YouTube or, you know, create, you know, do your, do your own recording, record your album on your iPhone and, and actually release your music and, and let people uh, get it, you know, from you there. You can, you know, release it on, you know, so many different platforms now, but you know, there's all these ways in which the arts have ways of getting out and, and, you know, you'll, you'll probably be, you're probably already seeing this in your community where people have the opportunity to express their art in, in new ways and creative ways. And I think that's an incredible thing, you know, in any time, you know, that, that's one of the things about, you know, oppression in, in that, you know, it creates a, a blockade for those that have the will to, you know, work through it and come out the other side stronger. Um, and, and this is actually one of the things that, that really bugged me about the earlier story uh, from NBC is it, it really framed this whole thing as, um, you know, the, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the, the phrasing that they used it, but they basically said like, due to the fact that COVID has done all of this horrible stuff to us. Well, that's just not been the consensus of the American people at this point. You know, it, it, you, you look around at states that have just been in, you know, constant lockdown and, and, and so many people are, are looking at it going, is this really effective? And, and so for NBC to frame it in a sense that says like, this is, this is COVID's fault. And it's like, well, like it's a response to COVID, but, but, but COVID, you know, COVID is not a realized being. It's, it, you know, it hasn't, it doesn't know that it exists. It's not making decisions. The people who are making decisions are the ones that have caused all of the harm, right? Now, to be fair, COVID has caused a lot of harm. COVID has caused many deaths. COVID has caused many sicknesses. But when you talk about people losing their jobs, when, when you talk about people suffering from, you know, lack of opportunity, that has been created in many states by forced lockdowns. 
that has been caused by many uh, state and, and, and government officials saying, we have to do these things because of this. Now, now whether or not you agree with them being right or wrong, they have had an effect. And the effect has been mostly across the board, loss of job, loss of income, loss of opportunity, you know, uh, you know, and, and you continue to look at the statistics where uh, suicide has, has gone up, depression has gone up, um, all these other factors. Well, it's like COVID didn't cause that. Now, it, COVID was the, the kickstarter, but after that, we were making decisions based off what we perceived to be the best thing to do. Well, and, and when that didn't change because of what we were doing, we didn't change. We just continued to do the same thing, thinking, oh, it will eventually work. This is just a lot worse than it was. Instead of going, maybe what we're doing is not working. Maybe we need to try something else. But that's never the response of government. So anyway, if you have enjoyed this podcast, we're going to continue. Well, I guess we never we never really got to the uh, to the, uh, the the cultural aspect of the show. I need to take another sip of my my nine banded. This is delicious bourbon, guys. And this is really like if you, if you're gonna be watching the news, if you're gonna be consuming the news, you, you need to have a good glass of something in hand. Um, I, I definitely recommend this one. Nine nine bands out of Austin. Uh, their uh, weeded bourbon. It's. Mm. So anyway, the, the big cultural news out there right now is the uh, the big season finale of The Mandalorian show on Disney+. Plus. And if you guys don't have it, seen the slate of shows that Disney is planning on putting out just just around uh, Star Wars. That does has nothing to do with like the Marvel Universe or any of those other things, but just the shows uh, based around the Star Wars Universe. It is crazy. Um, and if, if all of them are as good as what you know, they've been putting out with what, you know, John Favreau and, and Dave Filoni have been putting out around uh, the Mandalorian. You know, it's not, nothing but good stuff for Star Wars fans in, in coming years. Uh, but the big controversy over the uh, recent season finale was, you know, and if you have not seen it yet, we're going to go ahead and give you a spoiler alert opportunity to back out of this audio. Um, but that at the very end, when, they, you know, it looks like all hope is lost, uh, you know, the the new hope himself, Luke Skywalker, shows up to rescue the team and retrieve Grogu and, you know, take him off to you know wherever. Um, and... You know, the, the, the controversy about it was, is like it, it wasn't Mark Hamill. It was Mark Hamill's likeness, um, but it wasn't Mark Hamill. It was actually a deep fake of, of Mark Hamill, um, which it, as soon as I saw it, I was I was really excited because they did a really, really good job with it. But in, in, in the days after I saw it, one of my initial thoughts was, was well, did, did Mark Hamill get paid for that? Or did did Disney license his likeness for future projects? How, how does this work where, like, you know, a company like Disney can use your likeness in their uh, productions? Um, and can they do that without your permission? Uh, which is just a really, really interesting uh concept uh, that I think we're going to see fleshed out in movie studios in days to come. Uh, because let's be honest, if you can make it look like that person, uh, younger, older, whatever, like, 
it's going to be a lot cheaper than actually having the actor there. Um, you're going to save a lot of money on makeup and the person who has to provide that makeup uh, and all, all kinds of, you know, problems go away. Now, I, you know, obviously there was a lot of people that thought that were like, oh, okay, like, yep, yeah, that's obviously a deep fake. And it was, I mean, it wasn't like a, a 100% perfect representation, but I mean, like, you know, as soon as he took the, the hood off, you knew immediately that it was Luke Skywalker. Um, so anyway, if anything that we've talked about today, you have a strong opinion on, uh, go ahead and hit the, um, the like button, hit the share button, uh, and leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. If you have any particular ideas as to what we shared today, please let us know in the comments. Otherwise we will look forward to bringing you some new boozy newsy content next week. We're going to be doing this show every Tuesday. Uh, look forward to visiting with all of you about the current news of the day. Have a good one.